about Hollywood. Sunset Generation, they got all that stuff. Get that meditation on that FM station. So I'd like to welcome everyone to the Conversations in Music, as in Dave. This is podcast number 11, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Darren Parr. Hello, David, and also David. <laughs> hey, good stuff. And I think we've got some guests today, haven't we, Darren? Indeed, yeah. Yeah, again, for the second week running, I believe. We've got Mark Hollywood, who we're bringing back. Uh, so that he can help work our way through his list, the Hollywood 100 collection. Um, we'll be starting with album number 30, um, Into the D's already. Um, and also we brought along Alan Jones again for a second week running. So welcome, Mark. Welcome, Alan. Hi, everyone. Nice to be back. Good to have you back. Let's just carry on, shall we? So uh, for benefit of anyone who didn't... Oh, sorry, hit... I forgot to say hello. That's, I know it's easy, it's so easy to forget that. <laughs> so we finished off with Crowded House last time, didn't we? So we're on to the Ds. Yeah, we're on to the Ds. And for the benefit of anyone who's tuning into this one for the first time, um, Mark is, uh, has a list, or we have helped Mark compile a list of uh, 100 albums uh, to start his vinyl collection off. Uh, we've gone through 29 so far. Some of these were donated by people who had been on the podcast. Others had been recommended and nominated for Mark, and he's helped whittle this down to um, now a 95 list. And uh, when we get to the last five, then Darren and I are going to chip in a, a few more. So without further ado, let's hand over to Mark. And Mark, you're starting off with number 30. Uh, uh, Band beginning with the letter D, by the looks of things. Yeah, thanks, thanks, David. Uh, good afternoon. I, I hope you're all keeping well on this glorious yeah. Saturday afternoon. Really, really nice. I've got the uh, the patio doors open, so it's, it's feeling I feel quite um, uh, like I'm almost outside doing this. It's great. <laughs> um, so yeah, Daft Punk, Random Access Memories. Uh, I believe they're they're French and uh, this was their fourth studio album and everybody's familiar with the um the tune get lucky and uh, there are some other belters in there doing doing it right instant crush and it's it's actually not one an album that i would tend to have in the collection because it, for a very long time it was quite mainstream um but uh, i just i just love the sound of this and how this kind of electronic it's almost like a a, a step back to the gary newman days of the 80s uh, and craft work. I just, uh, I just love the sound of it and how kind of original it is. It's uh, Europe meets the US kind of sound. Yeah, uh, Alan, you're very familiar with this one, aren't you? Or with with Daft Punk? Yeah, I love it. Um, I mean, I remember my kids, my kids um, before I, I was a fan of Daft Punk um, before this album. Um, but my kids were going on about this track, Get Lucky Daddy, you heard this Get Lucky track? I heard it. And um, we were in the car one day and I think my son Matt put it on. And uh, it's, it's fantastic, such a catchy tune. Um, and I think everybody likes, everybody likes that, it's a happy song. It's a, uh, a really groovy song as well, great to dance to. I was just saying uh, earlier that um, just happened to be last night. I'd forgotten where we were on the list. 
Uh, but I played the the 12 inch version of this, which is about of uh, Get Lucky, which is great. Um, and uh, just last night, but there's some other uh, tracks on. I particularly like the uh, the tribute to uh, Giorgio Moroda. Um, oh yeah. My name is George. People call me Giorgio. It's <laughs> uh, just a great track. And um, to be honest with you, I can't name all the tracks. It's it's one of those albums you put on, and it goes from the beginning to the end. And uh, you know you don't want to take it off. Best heard, I think, from start to finish. Uh, but yeah, superb album. And I I, I love Daft Punk. punk. Really recommend yeah. it. Yeah, their other, you know, the earlier albums are a little bit heavier, um, but um, yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, like you talk about George Moroder, he's the guy who did together in Electric Dreams with, um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, your man from Human League, Philoki. Oh yeah, Philoki. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Philoki. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. It, like, like I was saying just a, a few minutes ago. Uh, there's there's almost this linkage. It's it's very there's there's a lot of modern with the obviously with the times you know unlike ourselves, <laughs> uh, and then there's this throwback to the eighties of Phil Oakley, George Moroder, their you know their their song together, Electric Dreams, a lot of Gary Newman, uh, a bit of Kraftwerk in there. I, I guess it's seriously intelligent album. Well, it's Farrell Williams things on um, Get Lucky, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah, great album. Yeah, one I need to explore a bit more. I think that one, to be honest. Yeah, I definitely recommend that one, Darren. Yeah, yeah. thumbs up, top. Yeah, okay, good. And then obviously with this list, you you bound to get a Bowie on there, but hey, you couldn't choose one David Bowie, could you? So we went with really, two. <laughs> really tough. Yeah, really tough, Darren. Um, yeah, I have to say, out of out of all the albums, I particularly like his Berlin phase. You know, with Low. Yeah, uh, when he was doing a lot of stuff with Brian Eno, yeah, uh, and and you know he was trying to find himself, but I mean no better or no, or should I say no worse way of, of trying to find yourself by by buggering off to Berlin and teaming up with Brian Eno and Iggy Pop. Yeah. I, I I think uh, Hunky Dory for me this came out in seventy one is I, I would say is his his best well for me anyway it's all about choice uh for everyone but this i think this is unbelievably his fourth album but start to finish again it's mm. changes pretty things and then finishes off with the likes of queen bitch and then you've got cooks and of course the the very um it's, well it's it's a it's a song that everybody likes i would say it's the end of a life on mars just how it tails off with the piano the keyboard yeah, what's quite, quite, Yeah, it's quite haunting. My my son had some friends around as he often does, and they they end up in this room with a record collection. And one of them said, um, "What what can we listen to about you know that's by David Bowie?" And so Seth pulled out. Um, he pulled out Hunky Dory, and this guy looked at it, and he's looking through the just the first few songs, and we think changes. Oh, you pretty thing, is eight line poem. Life on Mars, and then Kooks. And he was just blown away, I think, by how many sort of memorable songs there are. You know, for someone yeah. of their age, so, you know, they're just around 20, when you're talking about an album which is 50 years, will be 50 years old next next year. Yeah. 
crazy. And this is just one one of you know many albums, and I think this is really just before he started then sort of changing his persona as he started moving through each of the the, the next albums. Um, but yeah, this would be. I think this is this is my number one, and then I'd also have uh, two of the Berlin trilogy um, with Hero Heroes and Low. I'd, I'd have up there as yeah. well. Um, so, yeah. what's your other one then, Mark? The, the other one was actually um, the the follow up album to this. The, the fifth album, studio album, came out in seventy two. The rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. I just, I just loved the sound uh, of, of Bowie around, around this, this, this time uh, in his career. Uh, I, I have to admit that the first time I heard Five Years, the single Five Years, was uh, when he died. I didn't realise that he, he'd had such a great song. And uh, I heard it in one of his documentaries, and of course we were all shocked by his, his death. And this five years of a soul haunting and prophetic uh, and especially the state of the world right now and that kicks off the album and then you go into Starman and, and the, the more surreal uh, type, type of uh, song that, that, that we're, we're accustomed to with Boy and Lady Stardust songs like that. I, I just, I love that point in time in his career and he, was, he was so ahead of it the, the, the curve uh, I, I think maybe bands like Zeppelin uh, were there or thereabouts with how uh, experimental they were at the time but boy just blew everybody out of the water yeah it's definitely it's my favourite Bowie album this one um, and I just my favourite track actually on it as well it's quite a random one but Hang On To Yourself yeah oh, right. great track two and a half minutes or something really short track but powerful yeah. love it yeah, a great cover as well. It's a bit like Captain Fantastic, you know that oh, yeah. the album cover. It's just you're looking at things all the time. Yeah, yeah. And you know oh, the yeah. story, Mark, about um, what happened when they were touring with this album. No, tell me more. Uh, they were they had the last gig um, of the the UK tour, and I think they were due out to go to to America. And there'd been some shenanigans going on and he'd been talking with his boss and I think there's rumours that he was getting a little bit sort of fatigued by having to play the part of Ziggy, he wanted to, to change, he would, you know, the repetition of it all. And at the beginning of the concert, I think they open up with Rock and Roll Suicide, but before that he says, um, this is just letting you know that this will be the last performance that we're going to make. Yeah, but the the band members, right. only two of the band members knew about that. Not all of them yeah. knew about it. So wow! And, and you think you had um, Mick Ronson, who'd been around for quite a while by then. He'd been working with him on all of those. To know that all of a sudden things are going to change uh, dramatically, um, and and they didn't actually go onto the states. I think there was issue about ticket sales um, on that. So. Um, and then that's a call began that sort of whole cycle of create a new character, um, tour it, and then move on to the next one and, and work through different uh, band members and artists. Alan, remind me, are you a, a Bowie fan? I am. Um, I didn't uh, 
right at the beginning, uh, I think there were there were other things around sort of distracting me. Um, probably because I've started sort of listening to Bowie, 76, 77, and I was more into sort of like the new wave stuff coming out at that time. Uh-huh. Uh, but so for me, collecting Bowie has been a retrospective thing. And I actually like more of his later albums. Right. So for example, more so for, for example like Heathen uh, and also oh, the yeah. um, so but I've I'm gradually um, you know collecting them uh, I've got um, the uh, new career and, uh, I've got three of these big box sets they hold about uh, well about 14 15 albums in each and uh, that's how I've decided to collect them. Unfortunately, I didn't get the first one with the the albums that you've just been talking about, but I have got them individually. So, yeah, I, I love Bowie. Um, I've got into him um, late, uh, or sort of really appreciated him later than, than maybe a lot of people. But, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I love him. I love him. You say, you say Bowie, I say Bowie. Eh? Oh, yeah. Tomorrow, tomorrow. It's... <laughs> You mentioned that album there, um, Heathen. Uh, yeah. I think Heathen's one of his. I, I think Heathen's absolutely fantastic. I remember bringing it in. It was actually uh, when when I was working in the bank with um, with Chopper, yeah. a good friend of ours, and uh, I brought it in for him to listen to. And he, he hated it. He didn't like it at all. And there's there's one song on it that is just uh, beautiful. It's called Everyone Says Hi. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. And it, it, it's all about what somebody who passes to the other side, you know, he dies, what what you would say to them and what, what they could say to you if they had a chance to. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, he wow. performed on uh, live with Jonathan Ross. Yeah. Uh, and I recorded that um, and put it on CD. And mm-hmm. uh, he actually explains what, what the song's about. It's basically, it's about his father. Yeah. It's about basically uh, having the opportunity to see him once again. Uh-huh. And so that's what he's saying, uh, you know, everyone says hi. And the man downstairs, like the lodger in the house where yeah. he used to live and things like that. So it's a very personal song for Bowie because um, I believe he did really struggle when his, when his dad passed away. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's a very touching, pulls up the heart, heartstrings kind of song, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 I definitely listened to it a lot more. I mean, my father passed away in 2009, and, and we were very close. And I would say that's the first you do. You think of the person closest to you who's passed on. Yeah. And uh, it's it's almost it's a catharsis in a way, listening yeah. to it. Yeah. I, I saw this yeah. tour. Um, I was working with both of you at the time, but I was... I'd been hived off to a big, big program where our, our boss had stuck me into the big integration program. So uh, I, I befriended another guy, um, Kim Heath, who actually lives down down in the, the southwest. And we actually both agreed um, that we wanted to go and see Bowie when he was touring. So we drove from Edinburgh down to, down to Birmingham um, watched it there and then I think we drove on afterwards and Kim lived in Bristol way so we stopped his way and then I made my way back down down to uh, back home after that 
and, and then incredibly so I forget when did Heathen come out was that 2000 and what was it 2000 uh, 2003 something like that yeah that'd be about great yeah yeah something like that and yeah. then so we went our different ways I, I worked with this guy in 2004 and we might have bumped each other a couple of times and then the next time I saw him um, we bumped each other and he was working um, a, a big company in in Cheltenham and my first day I, I was walking going to get a coffee and I see him there and it was a day that David Bowie's death was announced. Oh, wow. So. Talk, about, talk, about, talk about the stars colliding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really, really. 2000, 2002, it says right. on there. Yeah, that's right. This is... Um, the year I joined the bank. Yeah, that's a Super audio copy, this is. Oh, very nice. This is worth you bought. I got the, I got this, then I got another one which was open. But uh, your, I haven't looked at your, discogs lately. But um, yeah, it's worth quite a bit. This one. What's your postcode? <laughs> <laughs> don't give it. Don't give it. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Super stuff. Audio five point one. Oh, nice. nice. Very nice. Okay, then let's let's, let's crack on with the D's then, shall we? Yeah. Yep. So, Mark, it's back to you. Oh, it's back to me. Well, David Cosby, I think, was chosen by um, somebody who phoned in on one of the uh, podcasts. One of the other yeah. podcasts, yeah. So Deacon Blue, and I actually have it here. Um, Brain Time. I just for me, it's everything that's kind of Scottish. I love it. Um, you know, Ricky Ross, Ryan McIntosh, Doogie Vipond. All <laughs> the girls love Doogie Vipond. Um, some great tracks on it. Uh, Chocolate Girls, Dignity. When when will you make my phone telephone ring? Uh, loaded, just another another cracking album. I think for me this this is when they I think this would have been their peak. Oh, I, I, I think I think that was when that was really the the beginning of it for them. I yeah I I saw yeah. them in Hammersmith with with a very good friend yeah. of mine, and yeah. it was that early that they weren't filling the uh, the concert halls at that time. Uh, it was just yeah. beginning to pick up, but I think it, once Dignity got going, then then that's it. Chocolate, yeah. chocolate girl. Yeah, and chocolate. Yeah, so this this came out in '87, yeah. and I think I mean I I didn't come to Scotland until '93. And Dignity, it's a bit like when we were talking about Ride On by Christy Moore being anthemic, and if you didn't have a national anthem, <laughs> Dignity is just you hear that in any Scottish pub or, or any UK or Irish pub, that song comes on. Everybody's bopping to it, and everybody knows the first, you know, the first few lines. And uh, I just think uh, they 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 had this moment of genius, and thankfully they got it down in rain time. I got their latest album, and I was a bit disappointed with it. It was a bit, bit semi. Well, I thought it was good. The new one. Could you? Yeah. Okay, I don't mind it. Yeah. It's it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. I wouldn't I wouldn't look back at it and say, well. Would that be in the top 100? I mean, there's still there's still a great outfit, and I think Ricky Ross as well as as, as a person. Uh, I, I follow him on, on Twitter, and he, he's got a, I think a jazz night on radio too. He's a he's a very rounded individual. Well, they all are. The, the, what I love about Beacon Blue is um, they didn't get carried away with who they became. They've always been, you know, he's, he's still a mad Dundee United fan. Uh, you know, they they reached. 
the peaks in the UK, possibly Europe, didn't quite hit it in America, I'm not sure. You can correct me on that. But just a great band, and a great band to see live as well. I've seen them a few times, yeah, and they never fail. They never fail. Yeah. Did you also, mine's got, um, comes with a, an extra album. Strictly um, oh, right. limited edition includes three mini album Riches. Oh, yeah. sides and more. Yeah. Oh. I don't think there were many of these. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe 10,000, which does, which sounds a lot, but, but uh, yeah, it's got an extra track of, uh, uh, it's got Angelou, which I love, that track of um, another album. Yeah, but the, oh. um, yeah, the latest one, got a, a HMV picture disc on there. Yeah, I managed to get a signed copy of a new album, and it appears to be very high value already, which I don't really understand. Oh, I've got that as well. It's the, the green yeah. vinyl. The one with the green vinyl. The vinyl with the yeah. sign Yeah, it's worth yeah. a wee, wee fortune now, yeah. Yeah, it seems to be worth a lot already, which is really surprising. Yeah. Mm. Darren, it's, um, oh, sorry. it's a cracking album, so... Sorry, yeah. Alan, Alan, I'll just check my... You got the riches one as well. I got the riches. Yeah, <laughs> I got that one as well. I, I didn't even realise it. <laughs> have to get that. Well, out. You've got the. You've got it, Dave. I have, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh... I saw them in um, Plymouth, Plymouth Pavilions a couple of years ago. Only in a small nice. venue, all seating, and we were sat right near the front. And they've got better and better live as well. Yeah, yeah, I saw, yeah. Them, saw them with her supporting um, Simple Minds oh, at, yeah. um, at the NEC uh, a few years ago. And in fact, um, I was due to see them in June, uh, again supporting Simple Minds at Lennon Palace. Of course, that was cancelled yeah. and hopefully we'll be able to go next year. <laughs> Definitely. That'll be a good one to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah, excellent tickets for that. Well, good yeah. <clears throat> Good luck with that. Come on in, Mark. Let's change it up now. Change it up a gear. Yeah, okay. Up a gear. Up, up, up a gear. Uh, so this goes back. It's the same year, actually, as um, Rain Time, um, 1987. It's Death Leopard Hysteria. Um, now, if you were trying to pick with a girl, um, the last thing you would say was, oh, I like Death Leopard. And uh, that was assuredly the last thing that I would say to a girl if I was on a date with her. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think this is just a belter of an album. It's just something you can put on if you, if you want to just um, literally and metaphorically let the hair down. Yeah. This is uh, just, uh, it's, you know, you've got Rockets, Animal, Armageddon, it's Love Bites. You've got all those rocking tracks. And it was, I think it was my brother um, who had it on tape back then and a few lads at school you know a few of the, the nerdier guys who were into alternative uh they had Def leopard on their radar and uh yeah i got a hold of it and i just i, I loved it i loved it it's the one and only album that i love of Def leopard and i was all the more impressed as well uh, knowing that um they're they're very pally with queen uh, and they performed at the 92 mercury tributes Right. Um, yeah, and the what do you call him? The the lead singer is Joe Elliot. Joe Elliot. Elliot. Yeah, and the like so many other great bands like Human League and Arctic Monkeys. They're Sheffield boys. 
I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I just I loved I loved I loved the album. Pour some sugar on me. Was that was that off the same album, or was that off another one? Oh. Good ooh. question. Yeah. Let me grab my copy. You keep chatting. I've got another one. Yeah. I'm I'm not sure if it was then. I mean, it's it is. I think it is actually. They had Rocket Animal Armageddon. It, Love bites, pour some sugar on me. Uh, every yeah. one of them, a great hit. It is indeed. I can confirm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, big tick in the box for that album. I think it's I think it's in the top one hundred, and it's it, it's uh, a little bit different for me because I was never into you know that kind of twee I I, I twee kind of hard rock, you know, where you had to have properly long hair, poodle uh, hair, the t-shirt. Yeah, and you had to wear the T-shirt as well with the band, you know, the name of the band as well. So uh, I was I was a wee bit more dapper. <laughs> of course you were. Def Leppard's band where the drummer's only got one arm. Yeah. 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 Unbelievable. No, it doesn't sound like it, does it? No. <laughs> no. Brilliant in itself. I think yeah. he plays the drums the same way as uh, John Bonham of the Led Zeppelin used to. So he's got the, the almost like the, he uses a lot of his feet for the, yeah. the bass drums. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not sure if he has a two bass drums at his feet, so he gets a lot more. Yeah, yeah, he gets a lot more thump out of it. Fantastic. Yeah, also. Yeah. So the next the next one on the list is Brothers in Arms by Dire well, Straits. Dire Straits. Hold on. I think I think you had your glass in front of you. you missed, you've missed one. <laughs> oh, the classic. We got Depeche Mode. Oh, Depeche Mode, sorry lads. Uh, Violator, yeah. So, mm. I think, uh, I, I get it. So, I think this is, um, for me, Depeche Mode, uh, you could, I, you know, iconic songs like Enjoy the Silence, Personal Jesus. But then there are other songs like Never Let Me Down. Um, World in My Eyes. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and none of them are really on the same album, but Violator, I believe, I, I, I saw it once sort of live. Well, not live on TV, but it was a live performance from Berlin. Oh yeah, I've seen that one. Fantastic. Yeah, it, was, it just wow! It just can't, it caught me. And once again, it's only in the last few years. And from that, just from seeing that, I um, I, I went retro again. I thought I'm going to dig in to um, their back catalogue and see what see what they're all about uh but i would i would recommend if someone's someone was to get into depeche mode uh and they'd miss them in the 80s late 80s early 90s then violator would be a good starter for 10. there's a few isn't there i think um broken frame would be a good place yeah to start I and mean, there's so many i think the, the the curious thing for me is who knew out of all of those um synth-based bands in the 80s that it was going to be Depeche Mode are the ones who were going to be really have the the, the longest legs the, the ones that carried on that are, they still now sell out stadiums um, they concerts are still doing concerts now well sorry <laughs> pre-covid um, and, and filling halls in Berlin in Paris all around in, in South America um, so. yeah I kind of they still got some of um, my cult following really yeah yeah um, agreed yeah i think there's always been something a little bit 
dark about the band, um, you know, particularly with Dave Garn's problems with drugs and yeah. uh, things like that. There's always been a bit of still, they've managed to maintain an air of mystery. You don't uh, see that many interviews, you know, with the band, they, then they don't normally court publicity. They just go on and do their stuff. They release an album every couple of years. And uh, and so their you know their following continues and um, yeah I, I liked Pesh Mode right from you know the first when the first singles came out and I just can't get enough and uh, in fact my wife is still here she's just popped out the door uh, she went to see them I think at the venue in 1980 um, wow and uh, she always brings that up I never that was them. early I've days never seen them live. Early days, yeah. Seen them live, a band I really should have seen, never got around to. Uh, but one yeah. of the best, um, I'm not a big fan of live albums, but 101 oh, is yeah. called, isn't it? Yeah, one of the best live albums ever made. It's got to be. I, I want to give a shout out for a friend of the show, Dawn Bennett, who's who listens to all of the podcasts that we've done, and her and her husband, always a great time doesn't matter where you are even if you're well, they were at the back of the o2 i think they just fill the the stadium or the, the indoor venue and uh, i saw them in the early 80s but or, or mid 80s with uh, mrs turner so it'd be good now to see them again some point and um, trouble is getting to see yeah. them the tickets just go like hotcakes don't they yeah I'm making sure i had my 101 as, as alan said they're, they're quite a cult following um but it'd be interesting to, to hear what Don says about my choice of violator. Uh, yeah. And how, how could you forget that song? You just I just can't get enough. I remember bopping to that in my, in my late teens. Mm. And we always finish it off thinking we were naughty, but I just can't get enough. Sex. <laughs> Everybody would shout sex. Yeah. The other reason <laughs> I liked, dance floor. Yeah, the other reason I liked Depeche Mode, because... Um, they were always ones to make big use of the 12-bit single format. Yeah. yeah. And so you just, you often have, um, you know, possibly, you know, two 12-inch single releases for the same single. So there'd be like the regular version and then um, like a remix and then there'd be another one with a further remix and uh, maybe a couple of live tracks. And uh, I've always, I've, I've always liked their art, you know, the artwork on the, on the covers and um, yeah, things like you know, leaving silence and uh, some, some great, great, great tracks. Get the balance right. Yeah, uh, everything yeah. counts. Oh, yeah. great tracks. Mm-hmm. No, I, I might actually after after our wee session today, I might just stick on a bit of Depeche Mode. It's that kind of day. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> we'll all be doing it later. Uh, yeah. There's another podcast uh, called We Buy Records, and one of the two guys on that, one of them owns a record shop, I think, Hastings Way, and uh, the other guy who joins him, he's a massive record collector, travels all over the country, around Europe, and whenever he's in any uh, record shop, um, he's always digging, looking for Depeche Mode records. And uh, I've no idea how many he has, but it seems like there's many, many bootlegs to be had out there, different editions, different versions, cuts and everything. Yeah. So, uh, Mark, if you want to start a new addiction, you, if, I suppose maybe that's a question we'll ask once we've gone through the 100. 
is which of these bands are you going to mine? Are you going to try and find more of? They're very collectible. Very collectible. Good show. That's a good question. I'll, uh, I'll think of that as, as I go through. Yeah, it'll be a few weeks before we get to 100, so you're fine. It'll be the Christmas edition. It'll be the, yeah. sec- it'll be the second wave it's by 21. then. <laughs> so we're talking about that, then should we move on? Thank you. Thanks <laughs> for picking up a segue. Yeah, so we're on to now. We're on to dire straits, Mark. Yeah, dire straits. I mean, what can you say? Dire straits are, are pretty much they're they're marmite, aren't they? Uh, love them or hate them, and I I, I love them. Um, so many folk I've spoken to in the past, you know, with music, we all have our tastes. I'm glad that each of us here on the call, we're all we're, we're quite open minded and eclectic in that in that in that way. Mm. Uh, Brothers in Arms, yeah. You, it was a toss-up between that and Love Over Gold, but I think um, Dire Straits had to be recognised in the top 100. Knopfler, particularly, is is a hugely talented man from the northeast of England, and I, I love as well his he his influences, uh, uh, you know, towards Scotland and a wee bit of Ireland in there. There's a touch of Celtic. Oh, absolutely. Uh, from yeah, from the man from North, Northumbria. Uh, you know, Portobello Bell. I don't know if that was a bit of girl from Portobello in Edinburgh, but this album, Brothers in Arms, the title track is just uh, something else. I remember seeing the video all those years ago when MTV kicked off, and it was a bit like a, a slowed down version of Aha's Take On Me, yeah. and yeah. Uh, but with, with a slightly more somber message. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you've got. Um, uh, so far away, your latest trick. I was never too keen on money for nothing. Walk of life. I thought they were a bit um, light, but if you if you read the lyrics, there's a bit more to it. I mean, money for nothing in particular. Uh, yeah, this this for me was it, it narrowly beat Love Over Gold to the Dire Straits album that had to go into the top 100. What is the meaning behind money for nothing? I've never really thought about it. Money for nothing and your checks for free. I think it's. Money for nothing. I think it's a. T- I think it's a take a, a look on capitalism and. Right. Just we were kind of going through that yuppie period in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. And. You know that ain't working. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a, a cynical look at at the the way things were evolving. Yeah. Uh, you had, you had uh, without getting into that. Political economic spiel. Um, you know, you had Thatcher. He was getting into her, kind of Keynesian economics. Um, I could be, or was it Friedman or Hayek? I can't remember. But uh, she was Milton Friedman. Free what? Friedman, yeah, Friedman Hayek economics, and it was just uh, survival of the the nastiest. Yeah. I think. Uh, I think money for nothing was 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 about that, and you had this weird little video but it was it was yeah. cleverly done because it was deliberately for the MTV market no it was one of the early it was one of the early ones as well wasn't it that was actually yeah, shown on there yeah. yeah so this was yeah. 85 was that not around and, sort of time as Sledgehammer and those sort of cutting edge videos yeah Sledgehammer was 86 I know I know this for one reason it beat Queen I kind of magic the number one I right. got it yeah 
and, and that shows the power of video as well. But Sledgehammer, I believe, got to number one because of the video. It was a fantastic yeah. video. And equally, I think Money for Nothing got up the charts because of the video as well. It, it was, it was uh, a great. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry on. I just go, go ahead, uh, Googled it and it's um, apparently about those rock stars who didn't work hard that, m that much but got a lot of credit and uh, money yep. because of MTV. Yep. I suppose they'd Same. make a video, uh, sell it to MTV and then live off the... Uh, it's it's uh, how MTV helped them rise while rock music got downhill. Where you go? Quite sure he's really getting at, but... No, because it surely helped them on that very same song, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, perhaps he's being uh, ironic. Yeah, yeah. sounds like yeah. it. Well, I mean, there, there's the message. I mean, we, we touched on it, the whole MTV thing and the video selling the song. Yeah. So yeah. It, does, it, does, it does throw that across. For me as well, it's all about people making a quick buck very, very easily. And, yeah. I mean, I'm putting my political hat on here, but it's how... Some people like, especially it's quite pertinent in this in this day and age. <clears throat> people like bus drivers, people working in the supermarkets, care home workers, doctors, nurses—they don't get paid a fraction of what they should get paid. Yeah. And they're busting their arses whilst somebody releases a a song, and not you don't even need a video now. You just need something that's catchy, and they're, they're worth a fortune. Mm -hmm. you know, people making making their fortunes off YouTube, Instagram, and. Oh. Crazy, crazy times. It's like, where, where, where is, where's the morality in that? Yeah, so yeah. The, the lyrics uh, are written from the point of view of two working class men watching music videos and commenting on what they see, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Of course, Sting voice. We haven't mentioned Sting. Yet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, he, he, appeared on, he appeared on stage. I was watching... Because it was Lady Aid's anniversary on the 13th of July. Um, so it would have been, what, 35 years? And I watched the, the part where Dire Straits were on, and Sting, Sting was on singing the uh, the backing vocals for Money for Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's on the single, isn't he? He's on the, on the album anyway, isn't he? Yeah. So. yeah, he's on yep. the album. Yep. I think you've got to listen to the long version, the album version. The single version just doesn't do it. But actually, this was the first CD I bought. Ah. I was one of the, I had a batch of five, and this was in my first batch. See, I nearly mentioned that on Rain Time. Rain Time was my first ever CD. All oh, right. <laughs> I thought of that, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Who else hasn't named their first ever CD there yet? <laughs> yeah. That'd be Mark. Okay, so shall we, shall we escort Mark down from his soapbox and move on to the next one? Yeah. <laughs> Touche. Um, so what is it, Hotel California? Yeah, we had Donald Fagan was recommended on a previous podcast. And then, yeah, yeah. Eagles. By, yeah. by Alan. Yeah, by that Alan. was my recommendation, yeah. Yeah, I stand by that. The nice yeah. flight, yeah. Has anyone, uh, you listened to it yet, Mark? Yeah, Alan actually recommended this, uh, the night flight by Donald Fagan to me years ago. Okay. And I, list, I listened to it and, uh, yeah, I was impressed. I was impressed. I know Alan's a, a massive Steely Dan fan and uh, a massive Level 42 fan. So I I listened to it with wide open ears and I was I was pleasantly surprised because yeah. I only associated you know Steely Dan with um, 
do it again. Hiatus divorce. Those you know the the songs that are yeah. everybody knows. But once you dip, dive a bit deeper, there's a lot more to it than that. Yeah, it certainly is. Yeah. Super. Right. Thank you. So yeah, it's so Hotel California. Yeah, I know. It's a bit cliched. Uh, it's, again, a bit of Marmite going on here, but I just love the way the Eagles just mix country with a bit of folk, with a, with a lot of rock. Uh, one of the greatest bands, of, I think, of the 70s, I would say. Yeah. Um, particular fan of, um, well, you know, the individuals. You, you've, you've got Don Henley, Glenn Frey, and Joe Walsh. Those guys went out on their own. Joe Walsh to a lesser extent, but Glenn Frey, Don Henley. Uh, I, I just love Don, Don Henley's voice, especially on, on this track. Um, and, and some great tracks in there, Life in the Fast Lane, You Kid in Town. Of course, the title track, Hotel California. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they could have just written that song and walked away and, mm-hmm. and, and left their mark on cult, popular culture. Yeah. Just about one song. It's a bit. It's a bit like Stairway to Heaven and yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody. Just make that song, walk away. I've done. I've done what I need to do for the human, for humankind, uh, <laughs> uh, and that's it. In some ways, I don't think it helped them though, did it? Because I think there were too many egos certainly inflated yeah. after that. Um, although I've actually got more Joe Walsh albums than I've got one each of uh, by Glenn Frey and Don Henley. So mm-hmm. Joe, Joe Walsh, uh, a big fan of there, but yeah. Hard, yeah. hard, hard not to knock Hotel California. I know it has detractors, but I think that's just what people do these days um, as, a, as an album in its own right. And, and I know, Alan, you've posted it several times on, on your Facebook yeah, page. Yeah, I, I love this album. Um, uh, yeah, I remember buying it, you know, back in the day, and I've bought it a few times since um, on Super Audio Disc, you know, on CD, on Super Audio Disc. CD. Um, I think I've got a green vinyl copy somewhere as well. That's what I was looking uh, for. Put it. Oh, I was actually looking. I, I thought I had a green vinyl copy once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mine's. Uh, you got one, Dave? I'm just not sure. I'm still. Should normally have a coloured. Normally has a sticker on the front. Oh, I think. I've no. just got a hot first pressing. Uh, these were represses. Um, ah. What happened was Warner Brothers, I think, towards the end of the 70s. I've got a few like this. Um, <laughs> it's just me. Everybody else is rummaging through the record collection. <laughs> That's because you know you're not going to find how, it how if did, you rummage. Yeah. How, did, how did you guess? <laughs> if I was to go and find mine, there'd be a lot of dead air time. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a few. Do, do you know what it is? I, I put that Deacon Blue album just beside me on the table, and it's absolutely melting. Yeah, I hope I haven't warped the vinyl. Yeah, it's yeah. lovely. Get the sun coming in here. It's fantastic. Yeah, I thought it had a sticker on, but um, maybe it hasn't. Uh, yeah, the, to be honest, the green vials not that exciting. Um, when when you put it on, especially on a podcast. Yeah, no, but if you, when you put it on the turntable, it almost looks black. Right. Okay. Yeah, oh, so, uh, it's very deep green. It was the early yeah, days. I love the album. It was I the early days. Three all in a row. Oh, that's good. 
Yeah, pretty much all in a row. Uh, it's just a nice, mellow album. And uh, yeah, great. I don't think that will be beaten as an Eagles album. No, definitely not. Excellent. Thank you. And I think I'm ashamed to say this, but moving on to the next album, I'm not aware of it in the slightest. <laughs> I'm hoping you can tell me a bit about this one, Mark. Here it is. I've got two hands. Superb. So this is Elton yeah. John, Captain Fantastic and the Dirt Brown Cowboy. Uh, Roger Cowboy, just be careful. Ah, <laughs> I was David's yeah. Because so, <laughs> uh, that, that has all sorts of connotations. Uh, so Captain yeah. Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy, um, it's it's all about essentially uh, Bernie Taupin and uh, Elton John and obviously Bernie uh, wrote the lyrics Elton wrote the uh, the uh, the music to it and it's just everything everything about this album I love um, uh, my favourite track or my favourite song of Elton John's is Goodbye Yellow Brick Road it's not on this album it's obviously on the Goodbye Yellow Brick Road <laughs> album uh, you know, I, I don't, we may laugh at that but Sheer Heart Attack is not on the Sheer Heart Attack album no. when it comes to Queen <laughs> mm, that, there you go um, mm. Captain Fantastic for me, it's uh, it's just everything about it. It's the, it's the whole shebang, the songs, uh, and, and obviously it's a it's a podcast about vinyls. I could sip for ages and just look at the front and the back of this album. It's just psychedelic wonderment. And uh, if you have, if I if I go onto the second bottle of wine this evening, I'll probably end up staring at this whilst listening to Depeche Mode. Uh, <laughs> but Captain Fantastic is obviously, I believe, Elton John, the Brown Dirt Cowboy, uh, Cowboy is um, Bernie Taupin. And, you know, in their formative years, they wrote a lot of kind of folksy, Western, country and Western type uh, music. And this, I think, was the, the point at which he went from being that kind of folksy, you know, tumbleweed collection to the guy that he became and all these wonderful hits. Uh, the, the, the title track is brilliant, and then it's followed up with Tower of Babel. We all fall in love sometimes. Uh, and then Someone Saved My Life Tonight, which I remember oh. seeing in, in the, uh, the film doc, uh, the film about a rocket man and, and a documentary about him was, was a turning point in his life where he was just about to top himself. And uh, someone literally took him out of, well, he was facing the abyss. And it's just so beautifully written. And for Bernie Taupin to know where he was at at that stage in his life, to write it, and for him to pen the, the music to it is, is such a, a great achievement. And to pull himself out of that and eventually get his life sorted out was just was something else. It took many years, but um, even, even in those depths, he still managed to come out with such a great album. And you can hear that emotion in his voice when he sings that, can't you? You know, it's very personal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. This, this definitely, this was a no-brainer when it came to the top one hundred. Fantastic. Brilliant. Well, I've, I've just bought oh. a copy for five pounds, so well done. <laughs> just there now. Have a listen. Catching. Disappointed. Good. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. uh, you. Your copy's not in brown vinyl, is it? Um, <laughs> dark brown. Dark brown. No, it's brown. Um, just. No, it's just your bog standard, mate. It's um, oh, just the the, the black vinyl. Why uh, is that? Is that a, is that a limited edition? Uh, there was 
it was a limited edition of uh, special limited edition of two thousand copies pressed on very dark brown vinyl uh, and signed okay. by both Elton and Bernie. Oh, oh uh, came with a red and black sticker on the shrink wrap, uh, and came with a, a note on the sleeve saying. This limited edition pressing is one of 2,000 personally autographed. I thank you for your support. Oh. Yeah, they're very scarce. There's a couple on Discogs. Uh, yeah. One is, um, uh, is in Australia. It's uh, 715 quid. Oh. And the only other one on there is sealed and unopened. You could have that one for 1,800. <laughs> Were these Crazy. pressings as well? You put it. Were they original pressings? Oh, they're limited. They're original pressings. Yeah. Five, was it? Yeah. Cool. You should have brought the the one thousand eight hundred pound one then, Dad. Seeing as it's your birthday. Should have <laughs> <it yourself. laughs> yeah. Are you kicking yourself now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love it. I'll look out for that one though. Brilliant. So, Mark, we're going to move on to the F's now. So, um, this one was recommended by co-host Daz. Yeah, this was one of mine. So it was um, Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots by the Flaming Lips, which I think Mark was well aware of. I presume, Alan, you're aware of that one as well? Oh, yeah, I've got it. We've talked about this before, Darren, the, the red yeah. vinyl copy. That's right, we did. Fantastic yeah. album. I've got it on regular CD, got it on... Um, DVD audio, love this album. Yeah. If there's anyone that hasn't listened to it, well worth a listen. That's my top recommendation. Fantastic. Uh, what, what, about, to... what about Mark? What about Mark? Have you listened to it since it was recommended? I have, actually. Um, guilty as charged, though. I, I tried to get it in vinyl, and I can't. I do have it in CD from, uh, you know, my, my I think it would have been my Dundee days. And I, yeah, I love it as well for similar reasons. It's, uh, it's 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 like some of the albums that we've chosen already in the, in the uh, top 40 or 50 we've looked at so far, but uh, there's something a little bit quirky, original, um, and that's what you that, that's what it's about. Uh, you know, we looked we, we talked about Daft Punk, and then you know Flaming Lips come out with Yoshimi and. It's uh, it's not something that you play in the background. It's something that <sighs> you listen to intently. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The only way. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. And um, that is a box of books. Oh yeah, Mister Coin, you mean? Pardon? Oh yeah, I think yeah, just I think they're they're nuts, aren't they? They're, uh, they're either nuts or they're very very clever. It was the most nuts concert I've ever seen was then. I mean, I, I don't know who could fill a, uh, a stage with so much, so psychedelic, so trippy, um, with the music yeah. that fits it so perfectly. I mean, it, it's an event. I'd, I'd recommend anyone who ever has a chance to see them performing live to, to go along. It's uh, uh, well worth doing. Yeah, I've certainly got, got a couple of other albums. I think the early stuff is quite heavy going. Yeah. Um, don't know if anybody's got. I couldn't even tell you what the first album was. Um, I've got some Omega album too, and I find it very, very heavy going. Um, which yeah. is. Yeah. Sorry, go on, Mark. Uh, sorry, uh, yeah, Mark, go on. 
No, no, I, I, I haven't listened to the earlier albums, but um, Darren's left the podcast, so he's obviously, Alan's obviously upset him by, <laughs> <laughs> by, uh, he's obviously a big fan of the early stuff. His slanderous <laughs> words. <laughs> Maybe that's a cue to move on then. Um, do you want yeah. to take us on to, to the next one then, Mark? Is that Fleetwood Mike? Yeah. Well, yeah, before I kick off on this one, um, you know, a moment to remember Peter Green, uh, one of the founding members of Fleetwood Mac, who passed away recently. Uh, I I was introduced to Fleetwood Mac. It would have been by, once again, my mum and dad. Uh, They had a single, Oh Well, in which I I do believe Peter Green sang it. And you had to flip over onto the B side of a set. It was a seven-inch vinyl. To, to finish the song, and that was the acoustic part of Oh Well. Uh, and then I thought, I'm going to take a wee bit take a wee bit deeper on these guys. Fleetwood Mac, Rumours, is, well, it's a bit like Hotel California. If you were to summarise the greatness of a band, you would you would pick out this album. I, I think uh, there's, there's not a bad one on it. Uh, everything from Go Your Own Way, uh, another great anthem, don't stop to the, the beautiful songbird and it doesn't matter who sings it unless they've got a very poor voice like someone like Missy Sinatra or whatever you, you cannot um flaw this song in any way it's uh and, and just Stevie Nicks and uh the the combination between Steve and Lindsay Buckingham as well on so many songs it's uh it's 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 something else. They made a difference, didn't they, when they joined? So if I understand it right, it's yeah. effectively like three. I mean, there's been lots of different uh, combinations in the band, but I think there was there's been three kind of blocks. You had the Peter Green years, then you had the subsequent years, and then when you had Lindsay Buckingham and uh, Stevie Nicks join, mm-hmm. um, which we're talking about now, rumours was. One, one of the greats of, of that period. Yeah, and of course it wasn't, you know, Stevie Nicks was always remembered as the, the flighty, beautiful, uh, almost fairy-like uh, presence on the stage, her and that chemistry with Lindsay Buckingham. Yeah. But then Songbird, I think, was sung by Christine McVie. Absolutely, yeah. And her, her husband was John, the bass guitarist. Yeah. And it's just something quite magical about Fleetwood Mac and their incarnations as well, yeah. how how they evolved through the years and uh, some left and then some joined and just made an even bigger behemoth of, of a band. Yeah. I think, if memory serves me well, Bill Clinton, his inauguration, did they play at that? In 92, I think. Don't Stop, wasn't it? Don't Stop, yeah. And I think he brought out the saxophone or something, but mm. just uh, a, cool, a, great, a great band. Cool Clint days. Transatlantic, yeah. Atlantic band. Yeah. I bought this when it when it came out originally, um, and I've never stopped buying it. Really, um, I've got a fantastic um, pressing. Uh, a few years ago, they remastered at a place called Palace in Germany, and they've got a very good reputation for. Uh, I think it was remastered by Bernie Grundig, and. Um, Fantastic pressing. It plays at uh, 45 RPM uh, and it's fantastic uh, 
version of the album. I've actually had to get that twice because um, from there, you can see that. You listening to radio oh, right. people. Right. But I've got a bit of a, uh, maybe uh, a rarity here, mispressing, because I've got I've got an album that I sent off for, the, for it originally uh, by mail order, and when I started playing it, instead of the, the the I think sides three three and four were fine, played at forty five RPM, but on uh, the first disc, um, where there should be just three tracks, I've got six tracks and it plays at 33. <laughs> Flip it over, there's two tracks and that plays at 45. Oh, that's too much for me. Yeah, so <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a mispressing. So oh, they've, right. they've mixed up the original... Um, which would probably, I think, is five or six tracks on the first side of the album. And so instead of that being spread over two sides, they spread the set and, the, say, oh. tracks three to six are on side B, but side A are tracks one to six. And that plays at 33, and the other side plays at 45. It's a definite mispression. Anyway, I got in contact with the mail order company that sold it me, and uh, they gave me a bit of money back, and uh, and then I had to order it again. <laughs> but, yeah, I thought I'm going to keep it because it's you know it's a uh, it's a I don't know how many of those are out there, but um, that's a genuine mispressing. But I've got it in uh, got it in white vinyl, <laughs> I've got it in clear vinyl, and I think it's. I've just got it again in the box set that came out last year in, in a, a see-through clear vinyl. See, I haven't even on, opened it. On, on, on my record player, uh, on my turntable, I have to physically lift the table and change the uh, the elastic on it. Yeah. So from, from 33 to 45. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah mine's, mine's yeah. not as fancy as yours. No, no, no. <laughs> my, yeah, my Riga does that. Yeah, yeah my projector that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but on my um, on my Linton table, that they just flick a switch. You just keep it running and it changes the yeah. speed. I'm yeah. hoping, but, hoping Sam will bring me something. You just need a, <laughs> you just need a second turntable, don't you? <laughs> there we go. Could, yeah, yeah. Well, it was actually it's, it's, it's strange that so I was I, I went from a okay I didn't get the beard done but I, I went from a post-lockdown haircut and I was talking to the guy who cuts my hair all the time and uh, he said he had a set of decks that he never uses and I thought this would be really cheeky this would if I turned around and said name me a price but uh, he said they're doing nothing so oh. maybe next maybe next haircut I might, I might um, they'll be yours drop it in there and, and say how, how much will you take for them but uh, especially you know a lot of people just they put their vinyls away and they put their 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 turntables away and they just forget about them which is really sad and um, they just think well that was a time in my life or as i think this is a kind of renaissance for me yeah 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 Different for everybody yeah. for me it never went away it's just you, you couldn't buy them the releases came out on really on cd um, yeah and there's you know there's there's starting, starting to be a number of re-releases on vinyl that, that I've never been 
released on vinyl before because they yeah. you know, they came out in the middle of the 80s, uh, late 80s, where the, the, the groups didn't even bother. Um, yeah. You know, uh, there, was, there was much more to be had in, uh, in the CD. Yeah. Yeah, any of the then are some of the most valuable, aren't they? Mm. Really hard to come by. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, maybe only pressed 500 copies of some, you know, albums on vinyl. Yeah. In the, in the 90s. So they're quite sought after. Get. A quick question for Alan. Are you going for the um, alternative rumours on Record Store Day? Um, yeah, but now you just said that, I've got a feeling. I just looked at my rumours. And um, no, it's my mind playing tricks with me. Yeah, you, you probably got the one that came out last year, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I got that one. So yeah, yeah. Which is just a Fleetwood kind of remix. There's another three, four, four copies of it. <laughs> I thought one of these was alternative rumours, but it's not. No. Um, I'm getting mixed up with what's coming out. So yeah. Yeah, to answer your question, yes. Can you apologise to uh, to Mrs. Jones for me then? <laughs> so right. she's, she's gone to home base, so we're safe at the moment. <laughs> what, to buy some more shells? <laughs> <laughs> right, let, let's crack on. So we're, we're up to number 43 now. So back to you, Mark. 43. So is this Appetite for Destruction, Jones? No, no, <laughs> you wish. No. no, no, I'm still in the Fs. So this is 43. Frightened Rabbit. Frightened Rabbit, yeah. So uh, this is, this, yeah, there's another, well, I wouldn't say sad, well, it is a sad story. Uh, the lead singer of Frightened Rabbit, um, they're a Glasgow band, a guy called Scott Hutchison. Uh, not so long ago, we, um, he, he took his life. And a I made a mind. Guy called Ronnie Ronnie Young. I hope Ronnie listens into this. Uh, good mates. We 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 befriended each other at the Open. I used to work at the Open every year from about two thousand till well the year before Port Rush. Um, and uh, he got me into Frightened Rabbit, and I listened to this particular album. Uh, yeah, I was taken by it, and I, I think it's worthy of top one hundred. Uh, there is a bit of doom and gloom in there. Some songs, particularly the first one, is called "The Modern Leper," and it's it's all about that kind of feeling you have when you are going through that, that depression, that numbness in life, and uh, it's just very heartfelt. And it's uh, musically, um, you know, melodically, it's uh, I think it's a great album to listen to as well. I'd recommend it. Uh, it's it's just so sad that it's it's poignant at, at this stage that that uh, I think he, he ended up he was last seen on South Queensferry, which isn't far from here, just down by the bridges, and uh, he was found soon after. And uh, but this one's for Scott Scott Hutchison. Um, give it a give it a listen. Definitely give it a listen. Brilliant. I will do. I haven't. I haven't. Uh, I've heard a couple of the songs. Thing I said when we had your your own dedicated podcast that they were featured on the TV series um, Roadies, and uh, yep. I, I came to my attention then, and uh, I've enjoyed listening to them since. But I haven't listened to this whole album, so that's next on my yeah. list. Yeah, 
Yeah, there, there, there've been a few a few things there. One Tree Hill, I think. Is it One Tree Hill? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, I was just I was just going to cheekily Google it there, but uh, they, they've, they've featured some of their songs have been you know kind of background music on, on various TV programs, and uh, yeah, great bands. Yeah. Give them a listen. They deserve a chance, shall we say? Yeah. I'll... I've never heard, or I don't think I've ever heard any of their music. Yeah. Uh, one for me to uh, look into, so, so thanks for that, that one, Mark. No worries. I think copies yeah. of that album in particular, even the uh, reissues, go for a fortune. Really? Yeah. yeah, I don't think you pick up a cheap one of any version. Yeah. All oh, right, okay. I was going to say, yeah. when we were talking about uh, Fleetwood Mac, I was, I was gradually picking up the Peter Green albums, and there was one I needed to still get, um, which was Mr. Wonderful, but unfortunately, since his demise, that album now knocks out at a ridiculous price. So, um, I have to have to wait for a few years until people have forgotten about it. Yeah, yeah. So then, Excellent. Mark, on to the G's. Yeah, we made it. G's. Finally, on to the G's, right? Guns and Roses, Appetite for Destruction. Is that the one? Is that the next one? No, it's Wait. Genesis. It should be Genesis. Oh, no, I can't keep... What is wrong with me? <laughs> well, actually, I, I'll give I'll give you guys a go for selling England by the pound. Um, now, I, I caused much consternation uh, when, I, when I daringly said that the uh, Invisible Touch album was one of their best. Yeah. Uh, I, had to, I, I, quick, I had to quickly crawl back into the hole when, um, when you guys... Said, look, selling England by the pound, pound, uh, trick of the tail, foxtrot, uh, their, their older, Christmas. more prog rock albums, yeah. yeah, were 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 far better. So I'd be interested to hear. I love it. Don't get me wrong, I do have it. Um, but I'd like to hear your take on it. Why you think it's the best out of all the Genesis albums? I think that's probably over to me, isn't it? Yeah, it so, is, David. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, Genesis was certainly. Uh, my, my gateway into uh, rock or in, and, and uh, prog rock. Um, so I was into them when Trick of the Tower came out, so they still had a nut. So that was the first album without Peter Gabriel, but that was still accepted by a lot of people as, as um, in the golden era, um, whilst it was the beginning of the, the, the Phil Collins era, as it was. So... At that time, so once sorry, once I heard uh, Trick of the Tower, then I started exploring the other ones. And for me, I mean, it is archetypal prog rock. You know, you you, you have long songs. They're complex. There's changes. Um, you, you had this visionary in Peter Gabriel, who always came dressed in costumes when he was performing. Um, you know, that they were five boys. Five lads, well, not, not Phil Collins, but the other four were from Charterhouse, but they managed to produce um, music which, you know, we're going back to early 70s. Um, I forget when from Genesis to Revelation came out, but that's kind of a, the, kind of ignore that one. But then you had the three between Selling England by the Pound, Trespass, uh, and Foxtrot. And then you had The Land Lies Down on Broadway. I have come to understand that my appreciation of music is I like it to take me in different directions. I'm not so worried about a 
a chorus and a verse, chorus and a verse. I prefer to listen to something where I'm not quite sure where it's going to take me. Um, and, and that complexity, the difference in sounds. I enjoy guitar solos or keyboard solos and drum solos, which is almost the antithesis of what Genesis eventually became. But they traded, in my opinion, the, um, the critical acclaim for commercial success. And you know, they were astounding. So... Their first album once they, uh, so once Steve Hackett had left, so they did Wind and Wuthering. That was lost as a four piece. They then became a three piece. So then they had, and then there were three. Uh, and between them, every album they released just became more and more successful. Uh, and and it was an interesting period, from around the time of uh, Trick of the Towers when Phil Collins started side projects he was mucking around in other bands there was a side project brand x he then progressed on to his own um solo career as a sort of northern soul singer and combining lots of different sounds i think later on he's also was in uh, we produced and released a big band sound for his love of, of sort of big bands um but interestingly the you had Tony Banks and Mike Rutherford, who were actually getting a little bit jealous of his independent success. And they were thinking, why isn't he coming to do that with us? So eventually they did change that sound. And look, so Invisible Touch, you've probably got several others, that Duke and, and others, which are great favourites of yours. But I, I personally see them as two different bands. You've got one which is a, pro, a prog rock band, and the other one then is more of a singles band a charts orientated band um, and and for some people they're happy with all of them some people i think who who really knew them in the phil collins era they didn't really have much time for the prog so it does it does become a bit of a marmite um sort of preference that you like them we don't like them for one era or the other um but mark Was collins on on the duke album david collins yeah 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 he was he was, he was on he's Oh, 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 is that... Made? Yeah, I think it was, yeah, because I saw the concert. There's a BBC concert, which was um, sort of the whole story, that whole... That's, that's almost a prog rock album, but they chopped up the songs and put them in a different combination, so... That's mis Misunderstanding. Is that the first track, isn't it? Misunderstanding? Must you be some probably need some... No, no, the, the first one on... Uh, it's, it's on the side, uh, but it's not the first song. It's uh, probably right. a third or fourth. Um, I think it's, is it Chuck? Chuck itself? Yeah. I'm trying to think what tracks he sings on. Oh, of course he does. Yeah, he does. Yeah, sorry. That's right. You probably, so you did have some guy who came in for him, but was that more on tour rather than um, helping out on tour rather than for um, on an album? Yeah. Yeah. Because he can't play drums anymore, can he? Uh, even sing sitting down, doesn't he? Yeah, his son plays drums, I think. Mm -hmm. um, which, I mean, which one? Uh, Bill Collins. No, but he's got two sons who play drums. Oh, I can't remember. I don't know which one, but I know. I think his son right. basically plays for. So will he be playing? He'll be playing drums, presumably, when they fulfil this live tour next year. Um, yeah, I, I'd imagine that's going to be the case. Yeah, I didn't bother going for tickets. Uh, no, 
I actually like, so I forget the name of the son who plays, well, someone needs to Google it, um, with them now, but then there's another son, Simon Phillips, who's who was in a band, only had one album come out called Sound of Contact. Um, Dimensionaut is the name of the album. And I, I Phil Collins actually did join some of that, but the incredible thing about that album is that that other son, Simon, he plays drums fairly similarly to his father and his voice is not too dissimilar either so you get a little bit of uh, echo of, of early genesis because that's more more space rocky so yeah. you know that's good stuff so back back to mark so for you you have you listened to england selling england by the pound i have i have and i think why the reason why i deferred to you was um I, I I do like it a lot. Uh, sorry, I've had to change room because okay. um, my battery was going low. Um, <clears throat> I like it a lot, but I thought a man of your caliber would have been uh, more suited to um, yeah. ca- casting your views on it because it's something that I've only recently, um, I guess, started to get into uh, Genesis and the kind of prog rock years. And uh, it's 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 almost like a, a slow baptism. Yeah, it's something that you really really have to uh, take your time and appreciate instead of saying, "Yeah, that's a great album," and not really having a clue what's going on. Uh, I, I was put off Genesis, the prog rock era, era. Uh, early doors by just Peter Gabriel, and um, don't get me wrong, as a solo artist, I think he's fantastic. But it was just something that. You know, jumping straight into that. Oh yeah. Uh, very unaccustomed to it. Uh, it. It's um yeah, it's a slow burner. But uh, selling England by the pound, I do like. Um, I, I put it in there to the top one hundred because I think it's uh, well, it's worthy of a listen to. Yeah. Um, instead of instead of me punking for something that uh, would be selfish. Like Duke, or and then there were three, or dare I say, Invisible Touch. (laughs) This is your this is your collection, and you know we can both be right. (laughs) Yeah, and I think you know the 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 joy of it being my collection is um, uh, the the power of the power of veto, I guess. And I I don't want to do that, but it's it's almost like uh, I I do want to get that. you know that that kind of feeling that we're across, you know, we're we're yeah. across the board yeah. with everyone, different genres, and, and not just my, yeah, yeah different genres, and, and not just my blinkered views. Okay, well, well, I think we'll bring this one to an end, this particular album. But just thinking, maybe for the future, what we might have is some sort of genre-focused um, podcast. So you can have a prog rock one, you can have a sort of new wave eighties bands, um, and and others as well. Yeah, I like that. I like it a lot because yeah. it, it does encourage you to go down that route. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and and I did invest a lot of time actually listening to, I think they call them the, the seven great progressive uh, rock bands, and went right the way back. Listened to all of that, and then it all makes sense. And when you listen to the the newer bands, a lot of them all sort of have a trace their roots back to 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 one of those seven. Yeah. So, again, let's change, change, uh, change it up, change it down, um, and go on to George Michael. Yeah, 
<laughs> so I, I get a bit of a ribbon for this. Uh, I, I think, I mean, George Michael's just fantastic. I, I remember growing up, uh, my mum was into him. All the girls were into him. I wonder why, because he was devilishly handsome. Uh, but he was also devilishly talented. And Wham came out with those catchy tunes that all the boys said are, are were, well, we, I guess back in the day, we were afraid to admit that we liked those tunes too. Well, I bought them. Uh, yeah, because I, I was DJ, so I had to have them. So you were you were a man of of uh, of your time, Alan. Whereas uh, I would have I would have been chewed and spat out if I'd said in my class at the time that I liked George Michael and Wham. Uh, I mean, I'm sure we can all relate to that. But his, I think this was his second solo album after Faith. And the, the maturity of it, and uh, it's, it's hard to put into words, to be honest with you. I, it, it brings me back to a time, uh, early 90s, I think it was 1990, that um, I was doing my A-levels, uh, or about to embark on my A-levels, and there was this thought of leaving Newry, my hometown, for the first time. To, to go to university, I remember, I'm, I'm digressing slightly, but I remember my mum saying to me, oh, you can go to Queen's at Belfast or go to UCD in Dublin and you can come home every weekend and I could do your, your, your washing for you. Mm -hmm. And I thought I could think of absolutely nothing worse than that, you know, <laughs> with, with all respect to my mum. Uh, and I just sat, I was in the dentist at the time listening to this album. Uh, and it just, it just conjures up, every time I listen to it, it conjures up that memory of, this fork in in uh, in my life and, and where I was travelling to and where you know where I wanted to go and that was out of Northern Ireland uh, despite the fact that I, I love the country North and South very dearly and I love the people very dearly but it was just a time that I can be I can be myself I can listen to George Michael if I want to uh, and uh, I'm, I'm I'm moving on you know I'm moving on. From being that young lad who's been kind of boxed into this is what you are, a young Irish Catholic heterosexual, to just embarking on a, on a new plane, on, a, on a, a, a new world, a new adventure. And uh, yeah, George Michael, what a talent. Sorry, sorry, miss. I give so much to the world, not, not just as a musician, but as a person. Uh, so much has come out about the guy after his death about the, the things he did uh, incognito for um, for people and uh, yeah just this this is in the top 100 not because of the great man that he was but just about the sheer raw musical talent to be able to write music and lyrics uh, as powerful as those as potent as those as well that's the great thing about music as well isn't it if it's made it's obviously made a massive impression and impact on you and yeah. in that case why should it not be in there yeah Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Still waiting for volume two, mine. <laughs> <laughs> you might have a yeah. one. Yeah, that did confuse me. Well, when I, when I, I remember looking it up and said volume one. Did I miss volume two? <laughs> uh, but it was it was another sleight of hand from the guy. Uh, you know, it was obviously deliberate. Yeah. People would hang on for volume two when it never really came out, and even the, the cover as well. All these people, and that's a message in itself. Yeah, look. <laughs> yeah, Cowboys and Angels, I think, is the best song on that album. 
This picture's taken, um, must be somewhere in America, I'd say in the 50s. They're probably yeah. still doing that. There's probably <laughs> beaches like that today. <laughs> That's Bournemouth today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no masks. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, I know what you say, Mark, but I, I just loved uh, sort of the fresh sound when these guys came out. And I mean, who, Club Tropicana is a fantastic, fantastic track. <laughs> Wonderful production on that. So smooth. Um, and uh, it's just another feel, you know, good, good song. You know, it's, uh, but yeah, um, yeah, sadly missed. Sadly missing. Yeah, very much. Once. So. I actually saw him in a pub in, um, uh, it, was, it was one New Year's Eve, um, somewhere like Croxley Green, uh, which is not far, well, between Watford and Rickwinsworth. And uh, yeah, he walked in. And, uh, you know, we were, I think it was like a, uh, like a, some kind of theme we had for this New Year's party that we addressed in like uh, schoolgirls, schoolboys, and schoolgirls sort of thing. And uh, yeah, I think he walked in, had a drink with somebody, in, and then and then he left. But they said, "Oh, look, George Michael, Bob oh, Wham." Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I'm sorry, Darren. That's all right. I was just going to say, I've got to do a shout out to a friend of mine now called Claire. And she needs to, she does the wham rap anywhere we go. Any yeah. party, any karaoke night. She's up there for the whole eight and a half minutes or whatever it is of wham rap. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. The, only, the only famous person I met in New Year's Eve was um Gregor Fisher. Oh yeah. <laughs> of 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 Rob C and Hesbit Fair. Yeah, I met him in nineteen ninety nine, so it was you know the Y two K. Uh, 1999 at a little town called Langham, which is on the uh, border, north of the border in Scotland, uh, with, with England. And <laughs> he actually he lives there, and I didn't know this, but I was with my uh, my, my, my then wife at the time. And uh, you, you know, we're all staring at the clock to strike 12. I turned to my left, and there he was, Rob himself. <laughs> and he was, he was the first person I, I shook hands with. Never went, never went to kiss the wife. <laughs> <laughs> I went to him to shake hands first. In case he went off into the the the, uh, the crowd. So uh, shook hands with him. Very happy New Year, Gregor. Thankfully, I didn't say Rab. Otherwise, he would have given me a, a Glasgow kiss. You wouldn't have been the first. So, um, no, I wouldn't have been the first. Yeah, I love, so love Rob Cena's bit. Even before I worked for a Scottish bank, I loved that program. <laughs> yeah, so... There you go, George Michael versus Gregor Fisher. Uh, it's a tough one. It's a tough Two one. Two peas in a pod, didn't they? Yeah. Peas in a pod. So much in common. Well, well Mark, you've been desperate to get on to Guns N' Roses. <laughs> Wasn't that obvious? Well, you know, once again, when this album came out, I um, I wasn't a, I wasn't a huge fan. Uh, right, a little bit of background. I'm a Spurs fan. And the reason I'm a Spurs fan is because there were only out of 120 year, 20 lads in a year um, of six formers. Uh, I mean, we're split into four classes. We, um, a, a lot of the guys supported Liverpool, Man U, uh, Arsenal, 
Uh, and there were two of us in the entire year who were Spurs fans, me and this guy called Carl Fagan. And uh, Carl, obviously, we, we bumped into each other a few years back and we, we actually spoke about this. Uh, but everybody was into Guns N' Roses' appetite for destruction. And for the same reason, I just, I was determined not to like this album and determined not to like this band. So I thought, no, I'm not, I'm not jumping on the bandwagon. You know, I'm going to sit with my mate. Gary here, he's into the Pixies and and Ride and other other kind of you know verging an indie band. Uh, but then the more and more I listened to this album, the more I, I I loved it. And as the years have progressed, it's it's become a a staple of, of my musical diet. Uh, it's it's such a great album, Mister uh, Mister Brownstone. Uh, and then there's this classic Sweet Child of Mine. And the bombastic introduction of Welcome to the Jungle, which just sums uh, Axl Rose up. So, yeah, it has to be in there. I think this came out, yeah, some great, 87 was such a great year for albums. Uh, we've, we've had two of them already, at least. And this came out in 87 as well. And I, th- I think this was their debut album. I mean, what a way to kick things off. <laughs> yeah, not a bad uh... This is um, just about to be re-released on... Um... Uh, red and yellow splattered vinyl. Oh, if anybody's interested. So, so what's red and yellow splattered? Does that mean it merges one into the other, or pretty much? Smorgasbord border red and yellow. So the the vinyl is just like a, it's all mixed up. Yeah, like you splatter yeah. things onto it. Splatter, they call it. Yeah, yeah they call it splatter. So what have you guys? If somebody chucked, if somebody's chucked you know, put uh, red or yellow paint on top of yellow or red paint or red yeah. to get this effect. Very clever how they do it. What have you guys think of the album, this particular one? I've got, I I've got a yellow, oh, it's not very, very much, a bit of red splatter on this yellow one. Oh, I see that. Yeah. For the uh, benefit of those listening to the podcast, that is a yellow album with a splatter of red. There we go. (laughs) I've I've only got the album on CD, but it's uh, by IDJ as well. So it's kind of, I'm a bit fed up with playing Paradise City, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a a good album. It is a good album. It's got to be said. I think if you need to let some steam off, it's a good one to put on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, or if you've got the top down in the car. Yeah, I used to be, I used to have an MX5. (laughs) I'm letting all the secrets out. I used to have an MX5, I got one in 2007. And uh, my one and only car accident was in an MX5. I got rammed, I got shunted in the rear outside Liverpool by a guy. It was an Isuzu Trooper. And... uh, (laughs) It's my one and only touch wood ever accident, but uh, I had appetite for destruction all at the time. So, uh, <laughs> so that's another memory it has. Yeah. Has anyone seen them live? No. No, but no. Darren. I, so I say, Darren. Last year, I, uh, Seth bought me tickets to go and see Guns or Roses, the Manchester tribute band, um, yeah. at, at the Jolly Farmer. It was amazing. You, you got to come next time. Yeah, sounds that good. Best seven quid you'll ever pay. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Yeah, that's as close as I'm going to get. I think. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, okay, we can get through more in, can't we? Do you think? Well, we'll try and get so, to the let's try and get to the Jays. Yeah, that, right. So we're on to the album People, which I've never played actually. Oh, right. You're in for a treat here. So, so this oh, album go. came out. So, so Hot House Flowers uh, came about. Well, they were first heard, I think, in an interlude um, back in the eighties when I think when Ireland won the Eurovision Song Contest. Uh, this was before Riverdance, I believe. But you know the way they have the little snippets and Terry Wogan would talk through, oh, here's, here's uh, uh, France's um, song and it, it's a little bit about the uh, the band and the country. But then as an interlude, uh, the Hot House Flowers were the, uh, the act and I think the song they played was Don't, um, Don't Go. You know, don't leave me now, now. And a lot of people who listen to the podcast would remember that song. And they they shot from there to fame. And uh, the, the album itself is 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 a must have in the in the uh, collection. It's some some great tracks. Um, I'm sorry is the opener, and uh, they have some more reflective songs like If You Go, The Older We Get. And uh, then it, I think it finishes off, yeah, it does with uh, Saved. And then you've got the Ballad of Katie on the B side as well. Hugely talented band. I think the two or three albums, this is their first. And for a first album, it was a, it was a great first outing. Mm. Uh, I, I think the lead singer is Liam O'Manley. Um, very steeped in their Irish roots. I think two of the lads have fine Irish names. Fake, fake metal brain And... Um, the bass guitarist Peter O'Toole of Lawrence of Arabia fame. So <laughs> I always wondered where he got to. You know? <laughs> so uh, yeah, great, great band, great album. I saw them live a couple of years ago. Um, it was um, Hot Ice Flowers and the Water Boys. Wow. Um, uh, supporting Van Morrison at a country house about nine or ten miles away from where I was, and. Uh, I must have watched this the whole of the gig, stole stone cold sober, because I wouldn't pay six pounds for a can of beer, <laughs> and um, <laughs> I really enjoyed them. They were that they, you know, you think, all oh, right, now the next one's going to be Don't Go, but in actual fact, I really enjoyed the set. I can't remember much about you know the songs played, but they they sort of did Don't Go just because they had to, you know. It was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they they didn't they, they it was their last song um and it wasn't like the it wasn't the commercial sort of version version of it, it was it started off quite slow and uh, you know bringing in these what do they call them the um what are these drums mark the, boron yeah all with, or a byron they yeah. all were they were, i can remember there was about five or six of them they were all yeah. in the end doing these drums yeah, uh, it's really um, quite. Uh, I find it quite, you know, if, quite uh, good to watch. I, I yeah. really enjoyed them. Yeah. If if, yeah. if I was to pocket them, I would say, well, and I, you never want to pocket them, but they'd be kind of like Irish folk meets a bit of rock. Uh, they've also got another great album called Home. Uh, one of my favourite songs in that is Christchurch Bells, and um, it's. Yeah, it, they're hugely talented and a bit like Crowded House, uh, they fly under the radar of so many. Mm. Uh, I, I think you should give them a listen to. 
I can, I can segue us nicely into the next one as well, actually, because I saw Hot House Flowers play Wembley Stadium, believe it or not. This yeah. was in 1991 uh, as part of Summer Excess. Uh-huh. Headliners that day were in excess. Ooh. Probably just restrict yourself yeah. to one, didn't you, Darren? I've, I've got five copies of Kick, I think, but <laughs> not the green one. <laughs> this is a very nice green, I have to say. Um, in in total, um, uh, totally different to, to the to the uh, Eagles one I mentioned earlier. Yeah. But this is quite a nice green, I have to say. Oh, look at that! Nice. All right. How do we describe that for the viewers? For the listeners. Um, green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just green. Uh, like a, a paint. I don't know how we'd call that. Uh, green. Green. <laughs> yes. By any sense of the imagination. <laughs> but it's one of those, you know, there's only a few albums, I think, that you can listen to and you know the intro to the next track before the previous track's finished. Yeah. Well, to me, it's that. I, I can sing the next song before the, before it's over. You know, it's, yeah. yeah. Just shows how much I played it in my year. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he had a thing for Kylie, didn't he? 
Yeah. Well, he, he, he went out with Kenny for a couple of years. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I think at one stage, is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, she's lovely. Seen Kylie. <laughs> oh, yeah. we, we, could, we could spend the next 15 minutes yeah. talking about Kylie. Yeah, yeah. Let's just, let's, can we have the next podcast about Kylie? <laughs> <laughs> and then I could make you all very jealous and tell you about the time I met her as well. Ooh. Oh, I, I think <laughs> you have to now. No, you have to now. <laughs> well, I've got a photograph of me when I met her at Reading Festival, and yeah. I stand in front of an ice cream van, and yeah. we're having a nice, cosy picture. It's really nice. Yeah. Did you give her? A, did you give her a poke? No. Well, <laughs> no. Unfortunately, that's, 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 that's oh, an ice cream poke. <laughs> <Can I agree? laughs> no, I did sit down and have a with her. <laughs> what, do you, what do you call it in England? What do you call it? A, a po- an ice cream poke in England? Uh, what is a it? Float? Uh, uh, what, Coke with ice cream in? Yeah. Is it, if you call it a poke? It's a float. float. Yeah. So that's, that's the weird part. Just come to your work in an ice cream parlour here. Yeah. All right, well then. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's officially <laughs> I, a float. I, I, I'd never have guessed by your um, your <laughs> physique. You <laughs> oh, don't know what you're on about. I'm really confused. <laughs> you're a bit like my. You're well, a bit like myself, Alan. He's talking about um, a drink, a, like a, a. Imagine a glass of Coke. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm talking about a '99. You know. Say, say if you ask. Oh, for a '99. Like That's. Right? Well, why did you say '99? Yeah, yeah. No. So a poke, a poke in, in Ireland or in the north anyway is, you know. A cone, a cone with ice cream in it. Do you uh, call it a poker, or do you call it a cone? So a cone or a corner, yeah. Uh, Everything apparently it... wrong. So when I said, did you uh, give her a poke? So we call it, <laughs> in Ireland, we call it a poke. Okay. <laughs> oh, Jesus. It's, like... it's, ter- it's terrible when you have to explain the joke, isn't it? <laughs> do, you mean, do you mean a flake? <laughs> well, no, a flake's when you put a 99. A flake's when you put a, a flake in it. That's a 99. I still don't know what a poke is. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the cold we'll have to have another ice cream. Ice cream. Yeah. Like a 99, but without the flake. Is that right? That's the one. That's yeah. an ice cream, then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to edit this out, but it's too funny. I'm really enjoying our ice cream podcast today. <laughs> Taxi for Hollywood, <laughs> guys. I think I'm going to suggest that we uh, we we draw part two to a close. We're we're, we're coming close to time. Um, we're, we've got the Jays coming up. We're, we haven't quite broken into the fifties yet, so we got up to number forty-eight. But um, all right, doing all right. I've got to get, have my birthday celebrations. So. Yeah. <laughs> The, the good news is there's there's very little in the X and Y category. <laughs> yeah, but it's still fifty, there. still fifty-two to go. <laughs> we'll we'll right. smash them. We'll smash Have them. Have a few settings. Yeah, we will. Yeah. Uh, that's brilliant. So, uh, gents, want to thank you all very much uh, for for your time and your contributions. Um, we will sit down shortly to to get another one together and work our way through a few more. Um, we will share this on on the various media. Um, we'll load it up there. And what I did find, Darren, the other day, I've, I've swapped on to a different 
podcast player and and it's on there so it's it's out on other different ones as well with oh lovely so on, on podbean what I found. episode one is that no you have to send us a link and um so we can listen to how ridiculous we are <laughs> yeah I, I i get the the number 10 uh, number 10 and this one's number 11 I'll, I'll get them posted over the next couple of weeks I'll, I'll drop one this week and another one next week and then we'll um we'll drop the others as soon as we get them recorded Really? Yeah. Thoroughly enjoyed it today, guys. Good, thanks. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Next, yeah. next week, see you next time. It's, it's, it's Kylie's ice cream next week. Next, next week, <laughs> we're, we're in for next week, and then uh, we will regroup and continue through. Thank you very much, everyone. Cheers. And thanks, Mike. Yeah. 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 Yeah.